welcome to another UberWeb Poetry Foundation podcast with the uh, upcoming U.S. election. What we'll be focusing on today is protests, rants, raves, and uh, various other sound works of a political nature that live on UberWeb at ubu.com. Some stuff that is very pointed and made political change, and other stuff that is completely irrelevant, but gorgeously poetic nonetheless. The Seattle-based radio and sound artist named Christopher De Laurenti did a series of four protest symphonies. And uh, my favorite one is called Live in New York at the Republican National Convention protest, of course, which happened between August 28th and September 2nd of 2004. He's uh, putting together field recordings from the various protests and art actions that he was actually there recording, and he was also tuning in to uh, shortwave police radio transmissions. He mixed this all up with weather alerts, sprays of tapis, and crude phase encoding, as he calls it. Captain, be advised, we got a small protest group going up 6th yeah, the Avenue. They just passed off uh, 44, now they're posting off. Uh, we're on the side. We're on the side. We're on the side. We're on the side. Give me your name. Out of the street. Give me your name. And that was Chris DeLaurenti, live in New York at the Republican National Convention protest, one of four protest symphonies by Christopher DeLaurenti that can be found on UberWeb Sound. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, can I speak to Abby, please? Sure. Hello, Abby? Yeah, tongue. go ahead, man. Lady. Whatever your name is? Yeah. Chew I've me been out. trying to get you in a, for a long time. <laughs> Another one. Uh-oh. That's right. I read the papers about you, and uh, I'd like to tear you apart, personally. That's cool, man. What we're listening to is a mishmash, a sort of portrait of Abby Hoffman, a track called Malaki's Bar and Grill from his 1969 record, Wake Up America. And you know, you're a very stupid Jew. You know that? <laughs> Uh, that's right. How do you- and I'm a structural steel construction worker, and I'm going to punch your brain out when I see you on the street, you son of a bitch. Da, da, da. <laughs> uh, 
God. Uh, did you listen to the news? Was after that they did all this bombing. Our army called it a protective reaction strike. And it's so uh, depersonalized that you well, can they call one, it a protective machine. reaction strike. Right after this, Abby Hoffman was forced to go underground and remained underground uh, throughout most of the 70s, working on ecological projects on the St. Lawrence River, only to emerge in the early 80s, where he found a gig uh, touring with Jerry Rubin, Jerry Rubin, who had, at that point, turned into a pro-yuppie uh, guy, and he and Hoffman would tour and spar it out, uh, counterculture versus uh, yuppie culture. A very tragic ending for Abby Hoffman because basically he was a guy that was so charismatic and who was so funny and he was reduced at the end of his life to performing these shticks at comedy clubs across college campuses so his political point had been just buried under all of the kind of bluster and comedy and he ended up killing himself in the late 80s and it was turned up much later that in fact he was a bipolar manic depressive but this record, uh, Wake Up America, catches Abby Hoffman really at his moment. Pardon? If you want to know if I'm a communist, no, the answer no, no, is yes. The machines that can make 50 billion hot dogs a day. I mean, we, we can get to the moon, you know, but we can't get to New Jersey. <laughs> Understanding marks will straighten out your hair. And uh, you're listening to The Red Shadow, also known as the Economics Rock and Roll Band, recorded in 1975 called Understanding Marks. This is from the 365 Days Project from the LP Live at the Panacea Hilton. And this is absolutely sincere. It was three PhD economists who formed a band in the 1970s and these guys have actually gone on to make great careers in the economics professions, consulting for large corporations. But it really catches a great counterculture moment. She'd been fired by the phone company because they said she was too old. And I saw a book in her lap and I asked her what it was. She said, baby, that's Capital, Volume 1. You know, by Karl Marx. And I said, huh? And she said, that's right. Here, take a look. And I read that book. And now I've come to realize that as long as I have to sell my labor power to the boss, I work for his profit and not for myself or my fellow humankind. Understanding marks will straighten out your head more than anything that you have read. And so that you don't continually misunderstand, usury and interest are not the same thing. Usury is a charge made for the use of money regardless of production and often regardless even of the possibilities of production. Recorded in 1958, this is Ezra Pound reading his infamous uh, Usura from Canto, number 65. With usura, sin against nature is thy bread evermore of stale rags. Is thy bread dry as paper with no mountain wheat, no strong flour? With usura the line grows thick, 
With azure eyes, no clear demarcation, and no man can find sight for his dwelling. Stonecutter is kept from his stone, weaver is kept from his loom with azura. Wool comes not to market, sheep bringeth no gain with azura. Pound, the uh, brilliant avant-gardist, found himself in jail in Italy for making anti-American wartime propaganda broadcasts. Uh, He was arrested and then subsequently uh, declared rather mentally unstable. So he didn't go to jail. He just got locked up in the uh, nut ward at St. Elizabeth's in D.C. for the better part of the 1950s. Uzura rusteth the chisel... It rusteth the craft and the craftsman. According to the Stormfront White Nationalist Community Bulletin Board, who had taken upon themselves to actually reprint this poem to support their own views, uh, they tell us that usury is the charging of interest in excess of that allowed by law. They say that under God's law, no interest is allowed at all. Even 1% interest is considered usury. A man's laws are in direct opposition to God's laws because they usually allow charging of interest, and which is absolutely incredible that the uh, stormfront white nationalist community is actually reprinting poems of Ezra Pounds. Well, maybe not so incredible, but since this is a political podcast, we couldn't do it without Ezra Pound. From uh, history, CIA. Dope. Calypso. How everybody got all enlightened by the CIA. From the mid-70s, Allen Ginsberg uh, singing the CIA Dope Calypso. In 1945, China was won by Mao Zedong. Chiang Kai-shek's army ran away And they're waiting there in Thailand today Supported by the CIA Pushing junk down Thailand way A a piece that was based on research that Ginsburg did in 1971 He'd gotten into Time magazine's uh, library and read informal dispatches talking about illegal CIA dope dealings. And then Ginsburg went down to Washington, went into the Institute for Policy Studies, and spent several weeks doing research on CIA involvement in dope trafficking from Indonesia, uncovering all sorts of CIA secrets to write a uh, song poem. Ginsburg also interviewed veterans, congressional investigative committee aides, and... Uh, even claims to have interviewed the head of the CIA. God only knows if any of that is true. Most likely, Mr. Ginsburg was smoking dope in his East Village flat, inventing it all, and coming up with this incredible song, the CIA Dope Calypso. All through the 60s, the dope flew free through Tenson Hood Saigon to Marshall Key. Air America followed through. Transporting confiture for President too. All these dealers were decades yesterday. The Indo-Chinese mob of the U.S. CIA. 
Operation Haylift Officer William Colby saw Marshal Key fly opium. Mr. Mustard told me Indochina desk he was chief of dirty tricks. Hitchhiking with dope pushers was how he got his fix. Subsidizing traffickers to drive the Reds away Till Colby was the head of the whole world CIA Subsidizing traffickers to drive the Reds away Till Colby was the head of the whole world CIA You know, you know, uh, heroin, how that's used as a form of social control Narcotics, you know, uh, these like this cult things used as another form of social control, you know. Uh, and so this, I'm talking about another kind of drug. This is called dope. Ooh, 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 ooh. Mary Baraka, formerly known as Leroy Jones, at the Just Buffalo Literary Center, December 8th of 1978. This is called dope. Ooh, 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 ray light, morning, fire, lynch, yet. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yes to pain and dreams comes again. Race pain. People are people are people everywhere. Yeah. Ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh, 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 yeah. Are people. Yes, people. Every people. Most people. Ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Most people in pain. Yes to pain and pain today. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It must be the devil. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It must be the devil. It must be the devil. It must be the devil. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, devil. Yeah, devil. Oh, wow. Must be the devil. Must be the devil. Must is. Must is. Must is. Must is. Be the devil. It can't be Rockefeller. It can't be him. No, Lord. It can't be DuPont. No, Lord. It can't be. No, Lord. No way. No way. No, sir. No way, Jose. Can't be them rich folks. They's good to us. They's good to us. This is just full of uh, anger and politics and beauty and repetition and rhythm. It's a perfect melding of an impassioned uh, audio experience with a fiery political message. After we die, everything's going to be different. After we die, we ain't going to be hungry. Ain't gonna be pain, ain't gonna be suffering, won't go through this again after we die, after we die, oh wow, oh wow, wow, after we die, it's all gonna be good, have all the money we need after we die, have all the food we need after we die, have a nice house like the rich folks after we die, after we die, after we die, we can live like Reverend Ike after we die, hallelujah, hallelujah, must be the devil, it ain't capitalism, it ain't capitalism, it ain't capitalism, no, it ain't capitalism. This is a soundtrack from a piece by two Oslo-based artists called Alejandra Salinas and Aaron Bergman. Uh, Aaron Bergman is from Detroit, and this is a sound and word portrait of Grace Lee Boggs, a 91-year-old activist from Detroit. This is from the Wildflowers series. In the explosions of 1967-68, What was involved was not only racism, but that young people had discovered with the vanishing of the jobs of the industrial age that they were becoming expendable and that a new reason for their living, a new idea, purpose of of life, was being called for in their despair. And so what you see taking place here in Detroit in this you know, absolutely depopulated, de- devastated, disintegrating city 
is a birth of new meaning. And so what happens here is that these, you never really see a picture of these people, but in fact their voices and their soundtrack are rendered typographically, very beautiful, like concrete poems, moving concrete poems, so as to underscore the levity and the heaviness of the words. You can't not listen to what they're saying. And that concludes our tour of political works on Uberweb in preparation and anticipation for the upcoming U.S. election. You can find more political works and uh, non-political works. We've got a website packed full of them on Uberweb. It's ubu.com. This has been the Uberweb Poetry Foundation podcast produced by the Poetry Foundation and ubu.com. Mm-hmm.